Welcome to the Norse Code, a podcast by Inio for Inio. This week on our Facebook page, voting for Rate My Ride begins. For more details, please check out facebook.com slash activities. Also, join us for a live book talk with Derek Aousu and Paul Mendez as they discuss how to get the upper hand on a world you don't yet understand. Live on Facebook today at 2 p.m. On Monday, we have Quarantunes with Ineo's favorite twins, Shelby and Haley Saul. Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. is the Ineo Blood Drive, where you can make caring cool. To schedule your appointment, visit obi.org. Also that night is Grocery Bingo. For more details, please check out our Facebook page. On Wednesday, try a new hobby with the Puerto Rican Tourism Group as they teach a virtual salsa dance class. On Self-Care Friday, why not celebrate with cake? Follow along with Rosanna Pensino as she makes easy DIY mug cakes. Today's guest on the Norse Code is Dr. Tatiana Taylor. Dr. Taylor is an educator, conductor, pianist, and soprano. She currently is the director of choirs and vocal music at Inio Anum College, where she directs the concert choir and chamber singers. She teaches several academic courses, including sight singing and oral skills, voice and music appreciation. Previous degrees include a Bachelor of Music with piano performance emphasis from Rhodes College, a Master's in Music and Choral Conducting from the University of Oklahoma, and a Doctorate of Musical Arts in Choral Music from the University of Southern California. She resides in Joplin with her husband and her two kids. Thank you, Dr. Taylor. All right, so let's get into our questions. So what is one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Oh, goodness. The biggest thing is actually that music relies a lot on innovation, and I, you go into it thinking, well, you have to play your scales or you know take these lessons and such, but it really depends on your creativity level yeah. and being able to take a task and redesign it, revamp it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that going into a music major. And I didn't even start as a music major, actually. Really? What did you start as? Pre-med. Wow. Yeah. That's a big change. Just a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you make the change? It was, I kind of had a heart-to-heart with a friend of mine who was going into, who is a physician, and she asked me, said, well, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. I said, well, I want to have a family. I want to, you know, help people. And she said, well, if you want to have a family, do you realize how much time being what you want to be, uh-huh. want to be a pediatric surgeon, oh. is going to take? I said, no. She goes, well, we're looking at like 80-hour weeks. Yeah. And I said, oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done music in high school and in junior high, so have you thought about that? So I took one course. I was in choir and band and such and I took one course completely changed my trajectory and wow here I am that's awesome yeah okay so what would you label as your biggest failure and what did you learn from that Mm. Uh, I failed a really important class in college I've never failed a class in my life I've always been a 95 and above student and I mean I Bombed. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel. What class was that? That was uh, biochem. 
Oh, okay. Completely bombed on that. And I I was ready to give up. I just yeah. said, I'm I'm not good at school. This is you know, I'm just gonna go live under a bridge and you know, <laughs> you know, paint or something or live in a cardboard box. Um but it really helped me to realize that making a mistake is not the end all be all of everything. Yeah. You can make a mistake and still turn out okay. So yeah. it, it taught me how to study differently. It taught me how to approach a professor and say, I need help. Yeah, that's that's um, a big lesson. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that was my biggest academic failure. Um, and it really helped my trajectory as far as being able to get through courses that were difficult after that. Yeah. So. And I'm assuming, because, you know, you talked about all of your other classes you did so well, that it didn't really affect your GPA no. that much. No. I, it was that was second semester freshman year. Oh. <laughs> and I was fine after that. Still graduated, you know, 3.9, so. See, and that's, that's something that I, because I, I was a good student in mm-hmm. high school, and I also had a class that I did not do well. And I was like, okay, my GPA will never come back. Uh-huh. Jobs are going to look at that. <laughs> and I'm just never going to get the career that I want, which is not the career I was studying for at the time. Mm-hmm. It's funny <laughs> how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's GPA. We put a lot of weight into numbers and letters on a transcript. Mm-hmm. And when you actually get into a job yeah. interview, yes, they look at it. Mm-hmm. But they want the whole person. They just, they don't look at the numbers on the page. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Number one, get exposed to as many different types of music as possible. Um, There's this idea that if you're going to go into music ed, Mm -hmm. you need to know your Chopin and your Mozart and your Beethoven. You do. Yeah. But you also need to know other things, you know, listen to Weezer, listen to, you know, Cirque du Soleil, go to Broadway shows and really immerse yourself in different types of music because that's the beauty of music. It connects people from all different walks of life, backgrounds. um, So don't just get stuck in one thing. You said something earlier that it's kind of been sticking with me as we've been talking about how you you didn't realize that music you had to be so creative and mm-hmm. innovative and i also as i've talked to you before about i was a music teacher and that's something that i'm really i like to follow rules mm-hmm. i'm very like i love a good <laughs> rule but what i love about music is you have to learn those rules oh yes so that you know how to break them absolutely that's I, the fun part yeah and i think there's something so freeing about that is you have found a career that forces you to embrace that. Which is scary at times. Yeah. Because just like you, I like my boxes. This is the rule. This is the rule I'm going to keep. And then, you know, you take 15th century counterpoint. <laughs> like, well, you have to follow this rule until X, Y, or Z. And you're, what, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you just told me this was the rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, a parallel to life, too. There are a bunch of rules, and yet sometimes surviving in today's world you have to break a couple of rules in order to survive so yeah so what are the best resources that have helped you along the way oh goodness that could be in college that could be in your career or just in your life college I mean the number one thing is 
talking to your professors mm. about your classes um, and talking to other people in your class. Mm. Um, I went into college thinking that professors were, I was bothering them yeah. <laughs> if I would show up at their door or that I would seem stupid mm -hmm. to them um, if I asked a question. Um, some of those professors are some of my really good friends now and yeah. I can call them up and say, hey, I just had a conversation with my undergrad theory professor and I said, I have to teach part of this course online. Help. Yeah. And she got on a Zoom call with me for two hours and just showed me how to click here, point here, do this. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. Um, so it's just forming those friendships, not only with your professors, but with other people that you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you never know when that connection is going to come in handy. So that's a huge resource um, in college, I yeah. think. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of our students have that that fear of talking to their professors. Yeah. So now you are in the professor's <laughs> seat. So what would you say to those students? Just come on over. Um, get to know the professor. Mm -hmm. They want to get to know. I want to get to know you. Um, I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know... Um, what excites you? I want to know what bores you. Yeah. Um, I want to know what things aren't working in the course for you. Because yeah. part of my job and part of the fun part of my job is adapting to different people. But yeah. I can't adapt if I don't know. Yeah. So, um, and it's hard to base that on, I know that students are encouraged to take student surveys, which are great. But getting a one-on-one -on -one with a student mm -hmm. saying, you know, this didn't really make sense when you said that. Um, can you explain it a different way? Of course. Sure. No problem. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah just go talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> who are the three people who have been the most influential to you? In my field, uh, the three big ones are Joe Michael Scheibe, who was my uh, person at USC. Person, goodness gracious, I can't even think. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was the main uh, director of cultural studies. Oh. He actually, a funny story about him, I was not supposed to be at USC. Uh -huh. I had started my doctorate at the University of Colorado Boulder, and the program imploded. Some things oh. just went down, and uh, it was the sick, the ship was sinking really fast. Um, and so my other influential person, Mary Kay Guest, and Dr. Mary Kay Guest, and who was there, said, you need to just call Joe Michael Scheibe. He's at the University of Southern California. Just see what options he can give you. So I call the man up. This is like a huge name in our field. Um, very intimidating. Yeah. Very German. Very tall. Um, and so I get him on the phone and I'm like, hi. He's like, Tatiana, this is Joe Michael Scheibe. What can I help you with? Like, oh, oh, I love you. Um, you know, because I'm 10 years old. And um, so I tell him my situation. And he goes, well, send, send me some stuff. And 24 hours later, he calls me and goes, Come on board. Wow. I said, what? Oh, my goodness. I'm like, USC? You mean, like, the USC? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, I can't, you know, we're going to have to work through the financial aid stuff order, but come on board. So he was a huge, you know, influence. That's in amazing. Um, so him and Mary Kay Gaston, who, there are not a lot of women in my field yeah. in, at the top. Mm -hmm. And she is one of those amazing female professors who is what I call a steel magnolia. Oh. She's, you know, all, has all the great qualities of our nurturing and caring mm -hmm. the part of, you know, femaleness that we 
like to you know point out. Uh-huh. But she also could stand up to these gentlemen um, <laughs> in my field who would try to block her path on something or uh-huh. tell her she couldn't do something. And yeah. with just never insulting, never mean, but she just said, no, this is the way it's going to be. So wow. I admire her a lot. Yeah. And then the person who actually got me into this field, who I completely blame for everything, um, <laughs> is Dr. Tim Sharp. Um, I took a conducting class, um, just an extra in wow. undergrad, and he changed my life. I saw that I could take all the components of music and do it in one field all at once, and I said, that's what I want to do. Um, so he he completely changed everything. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. So what is one common myth about your profession that you would want to debunk? <laughs> oh, my favorite is that because I'm, I am a musician, I can put together, oh, I don't know, uh, an eight-voice octet in two days uh, singing Queen uh, with no music and no prep. Uh, it's just this idea that musicians are just magicians. And yeah. <laughs> We need time and we need prep, and um, especially in today's world where there are very few resources for the arts, unfortunately, yeah. mm-hmm. um, we have to work at it. Yeah. And so this idea that, oh, can you just go up to the piano and, uh, or, or my favorite, I'll be sitting in a congregation at, at a church. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, can you just play that by ear? Actually not. Yeah. I mean, I can maybe get through it, but no, not really. <laughs> so this whole idea that we can just make things And that you're happen. on call 24 hours a oh, day. Oh, absolutely. Just... <laughs> absolutely. Or, you know, my favorite question And is, for free. Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Can you sing, you know, what is it, when you're doing a, a wedding request, let's say. Oh, uh-huh. Can you sing Ave Maria? Which one? <laughs> well, you know, the Ave Maria. Yeah, um. Seriously, which one? There's like 50. <laughs> so, it, it, and I'm sure there are other misconceptions um, that I'm not remembering, but those, that would be my biggest one. It seems in our society, and maybe I'm mistaken, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, I have a feeling I'm not, but the arts really are undervalued. Absolutely. But if you look back in history, like, what is some, like, one of the most lasting things from our our history mm-hmm. art in all forms music and like art painting and sculpture and yet we really just were like oh well you you sing you can <laughs> sing for me right <laughs> well it's just it's this um people forget that art any type of art um enhances the human condition yeah and like, for example, in these days and times, the human condition is desperate mm-hmm. for art forms. And yes, I, I completely agree with you. It's, it's, it's not valued enough. Yeah. Um, not only the creation of it, but the time that it takes yeah. to make a good product. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I completely agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Two, I mean, two things. Um, I love it when I'm in the midst of teaching a piece of music and the student lights up 
and understands the mm -hmm. holistic part of what I've been trying to connect together for weeks. Yeah. So, oh, the rhythm and the melody and the words, all the line, and wah, ding, I get it. That um, just makes my heart sing. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That's, aha moment. Yes, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I teach. Yeah. Um, and secondly, just getting to sit and listen to another colleague's work. Yeah. Um, that's inspiring. Um, it makes me want to work harder. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter the level mm -hmm. that they're presenting. Um, just the fact that somebody else, that I get to sit and watch somebody else create something. Yeah. Um, Do you compose your own music? Oh, I wish I did. But no, I am no. terrible at that. <laughs> <laughs> I am missing that in my toolbox. Uh, but I know very many fine composers, and I'm in awe of them. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they hear it or write it down. I mean, I know how they write it down, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? <laughs> oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> because I'm a type A, plan everything sort of person, mm -hmm. my Biggest thing is it's okay to not have a plan sometimes. Yeah. Um, my planning sometimes got in the way mm. of opportunities. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a plan, but uh -huh. there are times when it's it's okay to yeah. not know what your degree plan is or different things in life. It's okay. Yeah. And I wish I had known that because I think I would have taken more chances mm -hmm. in certain areas. Okay. So, what is your best tip for making the world a better place, especially during the pandemic? Mm. The thing that I've noticed the most um, is that because of the implications of, of the pandemic, we've become very selfish, with good reason. Mm. Um, we have to take care of ourselves, we have to take care of our families. Um, so I think the best tip I can give is remember to give of yourself mm -hmm. to other people. Um, you'll be surprised um, how many people you connect with, how many people are feeling the same way you are, how many people can relate to mm -hmm. you. So open yourself up. Don't be afraid to lose that connection with people from six feet apart um, <laughs> and masked. Um, so it's just, that's that's been the biggest takeaway for me, to remember to keep myself open to other people as scared as I am now. <laughs> yeah. So what should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? Hmm. Well, um, I did not grow up in this country, actually, oh. for the first 12 years of my life, which kind of influences my love of world music. Oh. I, my parents were missionaries mm -hmm. <clears throat> in Honduras. And Costa Rica. So the first 12 years of my life, I was there. I was born in L.A. Um, and then was flown down there uh, <laughs> without my consent. I was six months old, so I couldn't say anything. Um, and so, yeah, uh, a lot of my dreams to retire, actually, to go back down to Costa Rica and um, maybe, I don't know, have a cabana or something or yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, they have a wonderful choral program believe it or not really yes wow. they, um, in Costa Rica yeah huh. they do they do have wonderful universities um, they 
have renewable energy. They're really yeah things that you wouldn't think mm-hmm. uh, of a Central American country. They kind of are doing really good stuff. Yes, um, Costa Rica seems to be very progressive yes. and very environmentally minded. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and the fun thing about Costa Rica is that most people speak English. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want to go hang out somewhere in Central America, that's the place to go. Do not go to Honduras um, right now. <laughs> or El Salvador or Guatemala. Um, <laughs> Those are like three of my favorite countries. Oh, so. yeah. No, I, lo- I love it. But it's just, you know, not the safest at the moment. That's super uh, safe. But, yeah, so that's the one thing people people are always, they meet me and they go, well, do I ask her where she's from? I mean, her English is really good, so I don't know. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Uh it doesn't bother me that people ask me. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually, in a way, harder when somebody from my own uh, ethnic background is afraid to speak to me in Spanish because they yeah. assume that I don't speak can't well. based on the fact that I, com- I have a decent command of, of English. Um, but I was lucky because my mother spoke to us in both growing oh, up, so okay. that's the reason. Yeah, well that, uh, that's that's an interesting perspective that I wouldn't have. I I naturally just assumed that you know if somebody was like, oh, you you must not be from around here, that that would be. But no, your own culture, your own background, not understanding. Right, and it's just it's one of those things where you think, oh well, if this person looks like me, they'll address me as somebody from that culture, but a lot of us don't. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know why that is. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's reverse for me, actually. Yeah. If you if you ask me, well, you know, you're not from here, it's like, no. I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So one more question that I have for you is, Tell us one interesting thing about you. You've shared a lot of interesting things, but can you share one more interesting thing about you? Sure. Um, fun fact, in high school, I used to race cars. Really? <laughs> yes. Like, professionally? Oh, no. This was just out in, like, abandoned airport strips. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, I, I liked fast cars. So, you're, like, one of those, like... Fast and the Furious kind of girls. I mean, not anymore, but no. <laughs> uh, now, you know, I go to bed at 10 and I have two children. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I used to love uh, racing cars uh, with the boys, and uh, I was quite the competitor out what there. What kind so. of a car did you have? Oh, goodness. Some sort of souped-up Mustang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which means I can drive a stick. Okay, uh, so, right. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of just a, a weird thing yeah. about me. <laughs> that I think that's super exciting actually. <laughs> I haven't done it in years, so who knows what would happen if I tried now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well thank you so much. I'd like to thank our guests for taking the time to meet with us, and I'd like to thank the entire Norse community for listening. We'll see you next week, and as always, row Norse row.